Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, back to being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. Tonight, we're continuing our series of towns I like, and tonight, that town is Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we get to tonight's topic, let's take a quick run around the interwebs. From the points guy, they posted first timer's guide to flying in first or business class. Here's my Cliff Notes version of the post. Before you fly, one of the first things to do is check your luggage allowance, especially when you're making your booking. At the airport, when traveling in business or first class, you'll be able to bypass the long lines with priority lanes at both check-in and security. In the air, don't be afraid to ask for more, whether that's asking for a wine top-off, snacks if you're hungry, or even asking the crew if you could eat at a certain time instead of during the normal dining service. Many airlines offer this dine-on-demand option, they just don't publicize it. On arrival, depending on your destination as well as airlines, there might be an arrivals lounge, and they are great when you're arriving in the morning after an overnight flight and would like to get freshened up and maybe grab a second breakfast. If it's your first time flying first or business class, congratulations, enjoy it, and travel shame all of your friends left behind. But in the words of my sixth grade YMCA football coach and damn near every other sports coach on the planet, When you get in the end zone, act like you've been there before and just substitute the word end zone for first class or business class. After 20 years of business travel, I've received various levels of travel seniority. And at first I was also out of my element. And if you have no clue, a good rule of thumb is to look across the aisle and see what everybody else is doing. If you are doing something that is totally the opposite of that, you're probably doing something wrong and don't be that guy that decides to get loaded and hammered in first class because you will end up in one of the various travel sphere blog travel sites or TMZ airplane drinking never ends up well this past week I was fortunate enough to receive an email from Ryan Green clueless to Ryan's identity well guess what so was I but it turns out that Ryan is the senior VP and chief marketing officer at Southwest Airlines my airlines of choice turns out that Ryan was in a sharing mood beginning with dear friends of Southwest Airlines as summer moves into autumn and you consider your travel plans we want you to know we're dedicated to finding ways to provide you a comfortable experience from check-in to baggage claim that's our Southwest promise There's more to the email, but since Ryan is the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, I can assure you that it all reads fluently and highlights the points that Southwest wishes to get across. Being the travel guru advisor that I am, I put these talking points through the Marketing Speak to Travel Stories translator, and here are the results. Southwest says, extra space on board. We are keeping our middle seats open through November 30th. Solid move, and November 30th happens to be the end of the Thanksgiving travel season. Face coverings required for everyone ages 2 and up. Another solid move. This isn't about you and your personal freedoms. This is about all of us being stuck inside the same aluminum tube hurling through the atmosphere. 
fresh onboard air. There is a complete exchange of air every two to three minutes while flying. I am a road warrior and I am not a scientist, but this has to be a good thing, especially if somebody on the plane had burritos for lunch. HEPA filters remove 99.97% of all airborne particles. This is similar to the technology found in hospitals and operating rooms. Again, I'm a road warrior, not a scientist, but the whole 99.97% makes sense. If they had said 100%, I would have called BS. They go on to say that we clean every aircraft before every flight using Sanicide EX3, a broad spectrum disinfectant used to clean onboard laboratories, table tray tops before every single takeoff. With a name like Sanicide EX3, it's got to be more effective than anything that you could buy at Bed Bath and beyond what I can afford. I'm here to tell you though that Southwest can turn an airline quicker than any sad soul could ever hope to kill a germ. They also deep clean each aircraft nose to tail for six to seven hours every single night. I'll take their word for it. I'm usually asleep at that time. Ticket counters, gates, and baggage claim areas are cleaned multiple times each day. I have not been inside a terminal since March, so I'll take their word for it. No change or cancel fees ever. They went on to say, we understand the importance of flexibility for 49 years and counting. We've never charged a fee just to change your flight. Absolutely true. Early March, I canceled a handful of scheduled flights and now have a handful of dollars in my Southwest travel bank account. Recently, Tripit posted a Labor Day weekend flight dissection. I'm a data guy. As they say, numbers don't lie. I'm not sure who they are. But I can tell you that residing in Florida, here's what I love about Labor Day. For all my northern friends, Labor Day is the end of the summer as they winterize their boats, pools, and RVs. For us Floridians, it's the hope that the temperatures will drop below 85 degrees at night. If you were fortunate enough to travel over the Labor Day weekend, here's the data on the top three destinations year over year. 2019 Labor Day destinations, number one was Denver, Colorado number two, Chicago, and number three, Las Vegas, Nevada. This past Labor Day 2020, number one was Las Vegas, Nevada, number two, Denver, Colorado, and up from 14th place in 2019, Orlando, Florida. And you wanna know why? Because O-Town is open for business. I'm recording this on Sunday, September 27th, and our governor has moved us to COVID phase three, here are a few of the highlights. Bars and restaurants full capacity can resume at those establishments once again, but sanitation and other measurements should be taken to stop the spread of germs. Restaurants full capacity and service can happen with limited social distancing protocols in place. When it comes to recreation, state parks, beaches, movie theaters, concert halls, playhouses, casinos, arcades, and the like can fully reopen with limited social distancing measures. And here's the money shot, as they say, large sporting events and theme parks. Well, as you know, all of Central Florida theme parks have been open since mid-July with reduced capacity. But coming into phase three, they can resume normal operations. And of course, they are encouraging reduced capacity and social distancing for sporting events. Well, back to the survey, up from third place in 2019 to first place in 2020 is Las Vegas. And that's the focus of tonight's Towns I Like. A list would be incomplete if it did not include Las Vegas. 
For years, the Vegas slogan has been, what happens here stays here. Well, guess what? It's being replaced with, you'll love this, what happens here only happens here. The new slogan is weak and a sad excuse for anything Vegas-related. Even if you don't or won't walk the whole what happens here Vegas tightrope, it does add a bit of mystery and intrigue to anyone that visits. Over the past few decades, I have no idea how many times I've been here, but every single trip has been for business, never pleasure, so it really means I have not had a whole bunch of fun. A few interesting Vegas facts. The elevation is right around 2,000 feet above sea level, which I did find surprising. The 2018 census put them at a little bit over 644,000 people. Prostitution is illegal in Las Vegas, but if you spend any time in a casino or a hotel stairwell, you might question that. There are over 150,000 Vegas hotel rooms. With all the gambling that goes on in Vegas, you cannot buy a single lottery ticket in Nevada. Well, I wonder why. It's estimated that more than a thousand people live underneath the city of Las Vegas. They're called tunnel people and live in about 200 miles of flood tunnels that reside under the city. The famous Las Vegas sign that we've seen in all the Rat Pack movies isn't actually in Vegas. And no matter what you weigh or what body type you have, you can wear a thong, speedo, or bikini around the pool. I made that last one up, but if you spend any time there, you might believe that it is true. Second, how do you get there? It's roughly a very easy five-hour flight from Orlando to Vegas. Frontier Spirit and Southwest all fly direct. Your challenge will be getting a direct flight back home. And right now, Frontier is about the only one offering a red-eye leaving a little bit after 11 p.m. at night and arriving back here at 6.40 a.m. in the morning. And, of course, the term red-eye comes from the deprivation of uh, sleep and having red eyes as soon as you hit the ground here in Orlando. And the flight will bang you up and can easily ruin the next day or two for you. In the past few years, I've opted for early morning flights out, at least get one more night of sleep. When I stay in Vegas, I typically stay on East Coast time, meaning that I wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm normally in bed by 9 p.m. Pacific time. If you decide to drive, it will be a 2,300-mile, 33-hour, seven-state odyssey. If I really wasn't on a timeline and had a pretty decent ride, I'd consider driving it. It looks like it'd be a great road trip. Third, where to stay? There are multiple choices, but only two really count. Either stay downtown or on the Strip. The difference is less than 10 miles, but the experiences are vastly different. For me, the recommendation is the Strip because that's where all the action is. If you search average Las Vegas hotel room prices in Google, you will get back over 16 million hits. And while there's not 16 million hotel rooms in Vegas, you'll find that the average price will be right around 140 bucks. If you're looking to recreate the hangover experience, expect to pay a bit more. And when it comes to Vegas, you need to decide on the experience that you want to have and then get together the budget accordingly. My last trip there was a conference that ended in the afternoon. I had planned to catch the Penn & Teller show that night at the Rio, so I decided to book a hotel room at the Rio and on my own dime or on my own $120 dime. At the Rio, I not only checked in myself, I also checked myself out. Even the directions to my room were printed out on the hotel receipt. 
Never once did I speak to an employee. Like I said, it's all about the experiences you want. If I had spent another 20 bucks on a hotel room and upped my uh, budget to 140 bucks, possibly could have had a completely different experience. The room at the Rio was marginal, you know, nothing like the MGM that I had stayed at the night before. But guess what? I didn't make it to the tenant tower show. It was just, I was too banged up. Uh, my 55-year-old body had just had enough after four days. Number four, what to do in Vegas, gamble and gamble an S-ton. From the airport to, well, damn near everywhere, you will have the ability to take a spin or stand on 16 or 17. I don't have the gambling chip. I play with what they call scared money. I never really do very well. I usually break even or maybe make a dollar or two, and that's about it. When it comes to food, the list in Vegas is endless, and there are countless places to stop. Use Yelp, use Google reviews, use TripIt. Gone are the $5 steak dinners or the $8 buffets that your family talks about from the 60s and the 70s. You're going to pay top dollar for top-notch food. Check out Honey Salt. I go with the brick chicken, about 24 bucks. Chicken, hatch peppers, chili mac and cheese, plus broccolini and natural juice, or as the fancy people say, uh, jus. I'm sure there's a brick involved during the cooking process with a name like the brick chicken. However, it is tasty and reasonably priced for Vegas at 24 bucks. If you are a meat eater, Try the S&W Steakhouse, and why not? Because we did not get this fat eating carrots. This is located in the Wynn Hotel, and this is a steakhouse. So what do you go with? Go with the bone-in ribeye, $86, or, of course, the New York Strip at $69. They do have the big, awesome tomahawk. I forget what the price on that one was, and as hungry and as much as I love steak, I do not think I could slam down a tomahawk. If you're a bourbon person, check out the Bourbon Street Sports Bar or a place called Herbs and Rye. Beer person like myself, Hop Nuts Brewing or Three Sheets Craft Brew Bar. If you're a cigar guy or gal, Davidoff or the Geneva Cigar Bar and of course the Fuego Cigar and Lounge. You know, for the most part, Vegas will handle all of your vices between food, hotels, gamblings, libations and whatever else you can think of. Vegas definitely has it. When it comes to Vegas, I have a few givens. First, don't plan on leaving there with your pockets stuffed full of cash. You might do well, but it won't be like the movies. The only reason that Vegas exists is because the house always wins. If you are looking for a friend, bring your own. No quote-unquote stranger that you meet in a casino bar, show, elevator, restaurant has really any true genuine interest in you. Their interest in, is in separating your money from your wallet. You don't suddenly become good looking or interesting because you're on Pacific time. Like McGruff, the crime dog says, stranger danger. However, if you're looking to have some fun, grab a handful of a friend's business cards and hand those out to those so-called strangers that you meet. If you're in town for a convention or meeting and it requires you to wear a name tag, take it off whenever possible. Do not walk through a casino or hotel lobby wearing your name tag. That name tag is a clear indicator that you are from out of town and an easy mark for those so-called quote-unquote strangers. If your hotel has a casino in its lobby, 
couple things will happen. One is that you will go through that lobby to do absolutely anything on property. And number two, your hotel room was designed so that you spend as little time as possible in it. For starters, there probably won't be a coffee pot in your room. The reason, if you're in your room drinking coffee, you are not down in the casino losing money. Also, there typically won't be a clock in your hotel room. The reason, to take you off your game and confuse you. You know, if you think, oh, it's nine o'clock at night, I should be asleep. They want you thinking, hey, I wonder what time it is. Let me go downstairs and boom, you're back in the casino. The only consistency when it comes to hotel mattresses is that they are all uncomfortable. Again, if you spend time in your better hotel room, you're not in the casino losing money. The next given is the hotel mini bar, which can also empty your wallet quicker than a craps table. No matter how hammered you are or you get, a $15 Bud Light at 1 a.m. will not take you to the next level. And there's also some science to those mini bars, and it's often in the form of a stopwatch. If you remove a bottle or a can for longer than 60 seconds, more than likely you'll get charged for it. The reason? This means you can't empty out all of their stuff and fill the fridge with your stuff. Doing that will normally result in an instant charge of 50 bucks. The same thing goes for that tray on top of the countertop. It's usually filled with all kinds of cool stuff from a box of cashews to a box of sex kits. And it works under the same premise. As soon as you pick it up, there's a scale that goes, hey, somebody picked something up and you got about 30 to 40 seconds to put it back down without getting charged. I had a coworker a few years ago. It was their first trip to Vegas. Immediately walking into the room, he saw that tray with all the snacks and fun stuff, decided to pick up each and every box to examine it. And when he went to check out, he had about a $97 addition to his hotel tab, which he was able to talk his way out of. But just remember, they monitor all that goodness. My Vegas survival guide first, stay hydrated, drink water. It is amazingly dry out there. Well, of course, it's in the middle of a desert. Grab some lotion, put it on your elbows, put it on your knuckles. Uh, it will help. Chapstick, if you're not a chapstick person, buy some packet. You'll need it. Again, it's very dry. Bring snacks, protein bars, cashews, nuts. Those are a good start. Both portable and tasty. And like I said, that $13 can of cashews in the mini bar really isn't worth it. Shoes. If you're there for a function or convention, plan on walking because you're going to have to go through the casino. Wear something with a soft sole. Don't pick Vegas as a place to show off a new, fresh pair of shoes. Jet lag, for me, like I said, I stay on East Coast times. This means I wake up each morning right around 3 a.m. Not the greatest, but it does give me a few hours to catch up on work. Typically, I'll try to be in bed by 9 p.m. Vegas time, so I typically will get about six hours of sleep each night. It does help to reduce the jet lag, but it certainly doesn't make it go away. Drinking, minimal drinking, even if it's an open bar at a convention reception. Jet lag plus an open bar plus zero humidity adds up to one thing, very rough mornings. Uber, about $14 to the strip cheaper than a taxi. I don't think I would ever find a need to rent a rental car uh, for going to Vegas. Bring some cash. Hotel ATMs charge a huge service fee, five, six, seven dollars, and you get to watch a free advertisement for Gamblers Anonymous 
as you wait for your $300 to come out of the machine. If you're into ladies, bring your own because you probably can't afford the homegrown variety out there. Like I said, with gambling, the house always wins. There are books, websites, and movies that will outline this for you. But finally, have fun. This is a great town. Between people watching, checking out the shows, there's great food. If you love to, to gamble, there's no better place than Vegas to do it. Well, there you have it. If you've never been to Vegas, consider a trip. Easy flight, easy to navigate around the town, and truly a fun place. Even if you're not a big gambler, there's plenty of stuff to do. If you like what you hear or you don't like, feel free to leave me a voicemail at anchor.com. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I keep hoping to say, travel safe. We're getting closer to that. Until then, let's just say stay safe and thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.